the Taku Show, John Hayes, Danny Brams. It's a Friday morning in the Queen City. We're here at Madison Perk, and it's a coffee cast day. Coffee cast, my What's man. What's going on? Cheers to you. How's the coffee this morning? Coffee's beautiful here at the Perk. Uh, we love it. This is probably, this is really coming to the rising in the power rankings of one of the best, like, midtown coffee shops mm-hmm. in the city, I think, and uh, having a good time here down on South Boulevard. Um, the, I'm drinking the, uh, I recently switched to Americanos. I'm an Americano guy these days. I got a nice uh, iced Americano. Uh, the lattes were good, but it's just a little too much dairy. The Americano is a little, it has a little more bite to it. Uh, a little, a little less, you know, uh, feeling. Uh, you yeah, know, that, I mean, that, it, it's beautiful. Yeah, the caffeine just straight to the veins yeah, with the yeah, Americano. Exactly, you, exactly. you know, you're not beating around the bush mm-hmm. when, you, when you're ordering an Americano. Right. Throw a little cream in there, for, you know, but uh, keep it mostly brown. It's beautiful. I've got a cold brew and uh, it's not cold outside here. We're on the, we're on the patio here. Yeah. There's some good music. Uh, we ran into, before we started the show, we ran into one of the tremendous friends of the show. It's great to see Ben Shout here. Shout out to Ben, yep. Madison Perk met his beautiful he family. He's two in the neighborhood. Bo- two kids, a boy and a girl here in this neighborhood. Also had uh, their trusty old dog here with them today <laughs> as well. Uh, so it's great. We love to, dogs on the show. We we, we, we love to, to see the TFOs. Great to see you, Ben. Uh, I know you're listening. TFOs to in the wild. It was a TFOs <laughs> in the wild spot for sure. It, it, cer- yeah, it yeah. certainly was. Um, you can always see Danny Brams in the wild. He's around town. <laughs> He's out and about. He's doing wearing things. my shotgun Willie hat and yeah. needing a haircut. 100. <laughs> yep, 99.9 percent of the time. Uh, we're here today for a very specific reason, because we are identifying our Charlotte FC managerial interview candidates. Well, it's Friday. And we figure, hey, you got the weekend, Charlotte FC. Get your affairs in order, and let's start scheduling some interviews next week, right? So this is our this is our episode where we we need people listening to this because th- what we're going to do is everyone's got their list of candidates out there. We want to talk about the the process, and so we're going to give you candidates in the order that we want them interviewed by the club, if that makes sense. Yeah, we, we do. And what and what we're what we're going to do is we're going to identify who we want to interview first, who the club should interview first. If, if we were obviously making these decisions at the club, I'm not saying that we we are, but not saying that we're not. Um, obviously not. Yeah, like we're not making decisions at the club. What are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> um, so what we're going to do is we are going to give you our list of five. We, we both have five managerial candidates and we're going to start with number one on this list. And, right. and how this works is, is this number one candidate is getting the first interview. The first interview is somebody that you want to bring inside the building, you want to talk to about the job, and you don't want to let them leave. Yeah. You if can't let them leave. Yeah, if they're your number one target, bring them in for the interview and, and give them the job at the end, you know, to be honest. Like, the, there's no, obviously you say, you know, we want to interview a wide swath of candidates, get a broad spectrum of the picture. I think they probably know who they want, and if you can get the person you want, then go get them right away and sign them. Exactly. Let's so, not let's not just hand out you, interviews like candy and just bring somebody in right, to right. the office. This isn't a college admissions process. You know, we're not you know, we're not going to like see the vibe uh, at a bunch of different places. Like we know what we want, we should know what we want, and let's go get it. So like, yes, like there's going to be a list. We are we'll go down a list of candidates here, but bear in mind as we go through this. You know how most countdowns sort of like count backwards five to one to be the big reveal? No, we're going we're going one to five because number one is the most important. This is who we both think should get the job in essence, and then we will we'll branch off from there. And then at the end, maybe we'll talk about why some people didn't make our lists. Exactly. Um, so, without further ado, let's let's kick things off with the the name that is on both of our lists, and you have 
for me, it's Gio. This it's, candidate is number one. It's Gio Savarese, number one candidate, the Venezuelan formerly of Portland Timbers. Uh, I believe he was in a year, in a, what I think is a record year for coach firings in MLS uh, this season. I think he was number four on the list, fourth <laughs> fourth guy to get his walking papers from his old team. It feels a lot like college football at this point. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And the carousel is spinning, and obviously, like, I'm not a fan of, of the NFL slash college football coaching carousels, and I hate the way that, like, once someone gets a job, they're in, you know they always have a chance to get a job for life because sometimes you get fired for reason and sometimes you suck and like and and just as a quick side tangent to that, uh, I had an interesting thought of it the other day is with all these openings, I wonder if Christian Latanzio ends up coaching a different MLS team somewhere. But we can talk about that another day. We're here to talk about Geo and Geo is my number one candidate because he's a winner. Uh, so for me, what I'm prioritizing in this search is MLS experience. Uh, we've gone with and head coaching experience. So we've had a guy who was a head coach before but didn't know MLS. He failed. Had a guy who knew MLS but wasn't ever a head coach before. He failed. We need to bring this Voltron together uh, and form uh, a powerful uh, monster that can bring both halves of that sort of mentality together. So I'm prioritizing MLS experience big time in almost all of my candidates. Um, I do have a wild card, but uh, Geo to me, like I said, he's he's a winner. He's also the other thing I'm prioritizing, and I think I hope. What my sources at AHPP have kind of hinted to me is that charisma is important. Uh, Charisma, sorry. Charisma, charisma, whatever you want to say. Uh, You got to be a charismatic coach. You got to be someone who connects to the fans. You got to be someone who uh, values what Charlotte FC fans and supporters and the Royal Family bring uh, to this club. And I don't think Latanzio ever did that. Savarese has got the charisma. He's outspoken. He's fun. He plays... uh, good soccer he's a little bit of a hothead the red flags with him would be uh temper and attitude and uh a bit of uh, sort of clashing with some of the best better players on his on his team back in the day but then there were also elite players on the timbers who loved him and uh it ended badly for him in portland but they did achieve great things he's a proven winner like i said won the 2020 mls's back tournament played in the mls cup final twice and just has the the perfect thing of pedigree, personality, and experience uh, and knowledge within the league that I would make him my number one candidate. So I'll, I'll identify him as my uh, fourth candidate, somebody that I would bring in who is fourth on the list, right? And, and, and we'll get to that. And you know, regardless of whether he's the first person coming into the building or the fourth person coming into the building, I think ultimately he should have a conversation with Zoran Granetta, with team president Joe Labou, and then maybe even get in front of David Tepper at some point sure. uh, to try to sell himself as this next manager. And just to to talk about his managerial career, I uh, started with the New York Cosmos in 2012 and then uh, kept that job until 2017 and then went over out to Portland where he, you mentioned he coached uh, Portland uh, through uh, almost to the end of this season. So this, those, those are his only two stints as a manager. But it's really encouraging to see that in both of those stints as a manager, he lasted five and, and yeah. six years, yeah. uh, which I think goes to show that he is somebody that an organization can work with consistently. I, and you mentioned the idea of Miguel Angel Ramirez and how difficult it was mm-hmm. to work with him, right? He, he didn't even last the season. No. Savarese is somebody that, that lasted Everyone a long time him. in Portland. And Portland's a place, by the way, that has a great supporter's Section, a great fan base, and and a team that and demands a demanding win. fan base. Yeah, exactly. Wins. They 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 will let you know they're not happy right now. They're, Portland Timbers fans are pissed. They're thinking of boycotting their ne- their team next season because they're pissed that the team hired Phil Neville. So. 
<laughs> you know, like, like uh, for a guy to last a long time with that fan base before they finally did sour on him, I think speaks volumes. And again, uh, you know, he he he's been known to get a. I don't, he's been known to clash with referees. He's been known to clash with players. He's been known to have blow up on the sideline time and again. Uh, but I like his uh, South American connections. He comes from Venezuela. I think that would help connect with a few of our players and I uh, just think it's I think he's my number one hire assume this is all assuming the interviews go well obviously you know like if some if some guy who I think is a great candidate comes in and blows the interview that, there's nothing I can do for you I'm that, sorry that, yeah. that's exactly right <laughs> yeah. and just to point out a couple of things about um, his career and, and who he is as a person he's he's 52 years old and he, he had a long senior career playing football as well. So um, he's somebody that has been on the pitch for a long time that can relate to the players. And I think that kind of experience really helps. And, and, and he's had experience here playing in the United States. And he's also had experience playing overseas as well and in South America, which is really cool. And I think one uh, when he was with the San Jose Earthquakes in, in 2000, and I think to me, I think one of the more interesting parts of his career as an English uh, soccer fan and as a, as a, I guess I should not say English because this is Swansea City. Uh, he was loaned out to Swansea, <laughs> yeah. uh, which is of course is in Wales. And uh, Swansea, he played 31 times uh, for Swansea, scored 11 goals, which is a fun little uh, statistic to have as a, yeah. as, a, as a coach. I'd love to talk to him about that. Yeah, Premier League goal or a Premier League goal? Were those Premier League goals or? Yeah, it's a good question. I don't know yeah. where Swansea was in, in 2000. Yeah, Either way, whether it's championship, yeah. probably championship yeah. or Premier League, one of the two for sure. Um, I, I doubt that Swansea at that point, at that time was down in, in League One, but maybe they were. You never know. Who knows? You, you never know. So I, I think that's a I think that's that's a great call out because ultimately, if if Charlotte FC does bring Savarese to town or meets him somewhere for an interview, if he expresses interest and desire to have this job, that's a really good thing. Yeah. And and if the team feels comfortable with how the interview goes. I wouldn't mind hiring him on the spot. And of all the MLS managers out there looking for jobs, like fired MLS managers from the past cycle, he's the prize by far for me. And we we have the most money. We have the best uh, job to sell. You know, we don't have the most uh, history as a club. But any manager who's out there looking on this MLS market, there's, there's no way that any uh, club that's hiring can offer a better package than what Charlotte FC has. So we should expect that we should have first rights to the best available coach on the market, in my personal opinion. Okay, so... Uh, you you've had your your interview with with Gio Savarese mm-hmm. and went pretty well. And for me, nice guy. He is a nice guy. Really nice <laughs> Great to guy. To him. But you know, if I'm the one who gets to decide who who we bring in for an interview, uh, first in line, it's Dominic Kinnear. All right. And and, and the dom, reason. Dom 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 dom. <laughs> and the reason why is because. Um, he's somebody that has a ton of experience in U.S. soccer with the San Jose Earthquakes, with the Houston Dynamo, with the L.A. Galaxy, FC Cincinnati as well. And that last point to me is really important because I love the idea of poaching one of FC Cincinnati's top assistants. Right. They poached from Philly. We poached from Cincy. You know, make it go makes sense. I, I, I love that idea, and I think... Taking a manager from a club that is currently having success is a really, really, really nice idea because what you learned during that interview process is how that success came about. So even if this doesn't work out 
and Dom says, you know what, I'm going to stay at Cincinnati. You learned a lot during that interview process mm-hmm. to start exactly what Cincinnati did to turn their franchise around. Because the first question I'm asking is, what happened in Cincinnati and how did you turn that thing around? Yeah. And do you have any interest in doing that here? Right. And uh, the reason why I'm asking that question first is because you're already sitting in front of me. You wouldn't yeah. have taken the interview mm-hmm. if you weren't ready to answer that question. Um, so I do want to call out the fact that, yes, he's been in a, an assistant for a long time. Uh, since 2017, all the way up until this year at Cincinnati, he was the main boss. I and mean, you might have some inside insight into this. Uh, he was the manager for some time during this year. Um, during an interim spell, uh, he was the head man for Cincinnati during a few matches during the season for some reason. I don't recall that. Uh, I'm not sure. Pat Moon, I think, is their coach, right? Or yes. is their GM. I, I'm uh, drawing a blank on that one. Uh, sorry, Caleb Burns Hefner. But, um, yeah, I mean, here's what you get with Kinnear. A lifetime in soccer. Guy started his, his professional career as a player in 1986. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's a long time ago. Uh, for, he's Scottish-born. But he's a U.S. men's national team veteran, played from 90 to 93, helped. He didn't play on the night. He's sort of like the the Moses that paved the way uh, for Joshua to lead the uh, United States into the promised land of the World Cup. You know, wasn't on the 94 World Cup team, but helped help lay that foundation. I don't know if he played on uh, Italian 90 or not, but uh, I, I could look that up. But that's pretty cool for Dom Kinnear. And then, obviously, long managerial career in, in uh, MLS and... I like the pick. I think uh, the age at 56 is kind of similar to we'd be getting sort of similar, you know, life stage type guy to Latanzio. That might be help smooth the transition a little bit. You don't want to go like a tote, you know, like if you're changing coaches, maybe keeping a little bit of the elements of what what was there before kind of helps with that transition. Who knows? I don't know. I'm a little bit worried that he hasn't been a head coach in uh, formally in six or seven years. He might be kind of relegated to that assistant role but what he did like, in Cincinnati like is tough it, it, to argue it, it, with yeah, yeah you're right yeah, you, you, yeah. if you're a manager it doesn't matter if you're when you manage three ago. different clubs you know yeah, yeah and, and exactly. I've heard some people yeah. say well you know the game changes a lot MLS has changed a lot since the last time he's been manager sure I mean I, I, it has changed but uh, he's right. been an assistant while wow, it's been changing it's true not, he's been like right there watching true. it change in front of his two eyes right and there's something to be said you talk about I, I prioritize the MLS experience I mean this guy has worked with some of the standard-bearing clubs in the league, like Galaxy, San Jose. Those, those, those clubs that go all the way back to '94. So, and I and I want to make a point about this um, this potential hire, um, and allude to what what you said about charisma, what you said about personality. Um, you know, in doing a deep dive on these these candidates, um, I'm going as far as you know watching interviews watching how these coaches talk with the media, watching what their body language is like. And when you talk about charisma, we need somebody that is willing to speak to the media, number one. (laughs) Right. Okay? Right. Maybe do an interview. Yeah. Talk about some tactics. FC Cincinnati, I went to their YouTube page, and Dom Kinnear, I watched an awesome, awesome segment with him breaking down FC Cincinnati tactics right. with the FC Cincinnati reporter. They're sitting there on an iPad. Right. He's the one holding the iPad, and right. he's like hosting the segment. Right, right. And he who was, says you can't teach an old dog new tricks? Right. He was he was having yeah. an absolute blast with yeah. it, calling out the tactics, talking about big wins, picking out exactly the plays during the six 0 win that he liked and why the players were doing well. Mm-hmm. And he was having an absolute blast with that. He's somebody that I see that wants to have the camera on him. 
mm-hmm. that wants to have a connection with the media, that wants to have a connection with the fans. And when you talk about a coach, Danny, that has had such a long career, you talked about you know, him starting his, his managerial career in 2001, his playing career in, in 1986. I mean, this is a chance for him to finish his managerial career mm-hmm. with one last trophy. Yeah. As a head man. Yeah. Come to Charlotte. Right. Take this new franchise to the next level. Win a trophy. And you can go down as maybe one of the best MLS managers of all time. Right. Have to be your name. Like, this is a a chance to uh, write one last, like, final closing chapter on a great career that that elevates a career from great to uh, the Pantheon. Exactly. That's right. So for me, I think that he's he's somebody that you bring in and and you, you love his experience, you love his charisma, and if he blows you away and he tells you that, right? That's and that's important too, right? Because right. when you do these interviews, about the interview, when you do the interviews, you have to hear what you want to hear, mm-hmm. right? And if he says, "Hey, this is it. This is it for me. I want to come here, and I, I, I've got I've got one last head job in me, <laughs> and this is it, and I'm going to go out as a champion." I'm like. Here's the here's the contract. Sign it Sign right it, now. Yeah. We'll announce you tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. And and I and I love that idea. And, and, but he's not on your list. Don didn't make my list because, frankly, I hadn't researched him as thoroughly as you have. <laughs> I, everything you're saying, I'm I'm kind of like sold now for sure. I I like it. I I think he fits all my bills. So I would I couldn't I couldn't complain about it at all. For okay. sure. I'm okay. glad he's your number one. It's exciting. We have the same number two. BJ Callahan. BJ, let's go. Uh, United States men's national team on. Thursday evening, they beat Trinidad and Tobago three nil. Uh, Play it, with kids. It was late. It was, it was <laughs> yeah. late in that match. They left it late. You know, you eighty <laughs> minutes of uh, squeaky bum time, and then then an onslaught of goals late. Who could who could hate it? I won't lie to you. I was uh, you know with a uh, with the Concacaf Nations League uh, with the semifinalists getting a trip to the Copa America yeah. uh, qualification. It was zero. It was nil nil in like the 70th minute, and it's the first leg, and we're up a man. And I'm thinking to myself, are we going to Trinidad and Tobago <laughs> at nil nil to lose again and get left out of another tournament? Another big tournament. Yeah. Like I, that's that's where I was. Right. And I'm just yeah. so, I'm so glad they, they came back around. So yeah, um, you, 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 why don't you take the, the floor and, and tell tell me exactly why this is the second. So BJ, what BJ is like what I considered my I called I said I had some I. I prize MLS experience uh, prior, but I do have some wild cards, and BJ's one of them. Because I think this is a guy who's not been an MLS manager. He's not even really been a manager. He's he's been you know that that career assistant for the most part that we worried about Latanzio for all, uh, constantly. That always that always we didn't like. Here's where BJ stands out though. He's been an assistant on the U.S. men's national team. There's the patriotic tie. He assumed control of the U.S. men's national team during Greg Burhalter's sort of like sojourn in the wilderness of will he, won't he be the coach still. Uh, and had good results, at, you know, did, did well leading the U.S. men's national team in, in some nice wins. Um, and then the other thing is he's got, he does have the MLS experience in terms of being a big assistant for who I consider to be the best coach in MLS is Jim Curtin in Philadelphia Union. Yep. If we could, Jim Curtin just extended his contract with Philadelphia Union, I still think we should just go to Philadelphia and make him a godfather offer and just steal him from Philadelphia <laughs> would be amazing. I don't think that's going to happen. No. So next best thing, you get one of his former great assistants for long time assistants, I think seven or eight years if I'm not mistaken. 
Um, everybody lo- he's kind of BJ Callahan you know if your coach is named BJ Callahan it just like it just gives you a good, it's kind of like a Sermenti thing where you can't quite explain it but you just love it it's like you know for obvious reasons it's just a cool name and like you just think about like good old fashioned you know hard working American values you know Callahan Auto Parts from uh, from the top movie Tommy Boy it just like I just love having a coach named BJ Callahan and then I know the reason we talked about this in our prep and so I want to set you up I want to tee you up Johnny to uh, talk about uh, the real reason that BJ is so high on your list because it speaks to a big deficiency that we had with the previous regime Danny that reason is because he's a Philly guy no, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. I know you no, the but Philly dead, ties get you in no, get all no, on board dead seriously like this guy um, might as well have lived except for the soccer stuff like I lived this guy's life. He was he was born in Ventnor City, New Jersey, which is literally where I'm going for Thanksgiving next week. Love it. And he coached at St. Joseph's, which was my backup school for Penn State that I got accepted to. Was going to go to St. Joe's, which is right down the street from where I grew up. Go Hawks. Then he went to Villanova, where all my family went to school. <laughs> Amazing. And then he goes to Philadelphia Union, where hey, by the way, just there's that. Dude. And Dupe all day. And then he went to the United States men's national team. Like this guy is right. legitimately his right. career is is so familiar to my entire ex- life. And He's my a man entire, after your own heart. He is. He is. But that's not the reason why I've put him on my list. Um, I do enjoy all those things for the for the record, and I'd love to talk to him about all that stuff uh, someday, regardless of whether he's our manager or not. Um, but I would like to point out that when the United States men's national team came here to Charlotte for the first time. This past summer, played in front of a full stadium. It was it was a beautiful, beautiful evening in the Queen City. I know you were out of town, couldn't be there. Wish you were. But after that game, there was a press conference. And in that press conference, I thought that B.J. Callahan complimented the fans in Charlotte and spoke yep. about us in a way that Christian Latanzio failed to do right. in about – a hundred press conferences. <laughs> right, yeah, like, exactly. It literally took him 15 minutes to connect with me in a way that Christian Lantanzio couldn't connect with me in two years. Yeah, he shouted out the Charlotte fans huge after that U.S. Fans National game. They called, and, he, he said that we were smart fans. Right. That we know our soccer. Right. And that the second we walked out of the tunnel, we were ready to play. And and the, the, even though the U.S. won that game 6-0, to nil, that we were in the game until the very end, hanging mm-hmm. on every single pass, every single touch. And you know what he didn't say? That you know our energy and our knowledge and our support really made the guys nervous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, imagine that. Ima- imagine like it is really remarkable when you think about you know it's kind of like the you know you get out of a loveless marriage and you you know you sort of. Your rebound is just like love bombing you all the time. You're, you're just like, what, what could go wrong here? So I almost feel like it's almost too good to be true. So I, I don't know. That's why BJ doesn't get like all the way up on my list. But just like the vibes are so good with him. And if we're if we're hiring a coach on vibes, I, I just feel like he's a guy that we want to talk to. If it doesn't work out with our first choices. All right. So um, I, I think you know realistically right now what we have is uh, we've had three really good interviews and that's why I think this is smart and if the organization did this they don't have by the way the organization doesn't have to agree on their five either Joe can have his five Zoran can have his five and 
if Tepper wants to have his five, yeah. he can, but I'm sure that he won't. And that's Te- okay. It's okay. I'm not Te- expecting him to have his five. Tepper's kind of busy these days. <laughs> he is busy. He's very busy. There's no there's no doubt about that. So I think ultimately if Joe LeBou, Charlotte FC's president, and Zoran Cronetta, the sporting director, both had their list of fives, mm-hmm. all of a sudden you get through a couple different lists and you have a bunch of different interviews, and, and, and you have a chance to talk to a lot of people. So let's yep. go. Let's go to number three on our list, and this is somebody uh, that's I'm already pretty close to uh, to Charlotte FC inside the organization. Somebody that um, recently uh, was a finalist for the yep. Colorado Rapids job. So we talk about process, right? So we've gone out, we've talked to our number one target on the market. We couldn't lock him up after one interview day, but that's okay. We're still in talks. We haven't hired anyone yet. We bring in our wild card. We bring in, you know, BJ Callahan. You know, we bring in the vibes guy. We get everyone's loving him in the building. We're not quite sure if he's the finished product yet. Okay, where do we turn next? Okay, we look inward. It's time to look inward. It's time to go in house. It's time to see who we've got already here who might be able to fill this spot as our first kind of ventures out you know, weren't 100% fruitful. And I know a name that a lot of people might be expecting me to drop right now is a certain Portuguese cap wearer <laughs> who uh, makes his bones out in Matthews. Not international caps. <laughs> Literal caps. Yeah, yeah. Uh, derby caps or whatever they call them. Uh, no, it's not uh, Jose Tavares, although I do think he's a great coach. I think he's the perfect coach for Crown Legacy right now. So I'm not talking about elevating him. The person that I am interested in is a guy who has been working for us for the past year and has also been out there in the streets trying to get head coaching jobs at other clubs. It's Pamadou Ka. Pamadou Ka is a uh, assistant coach for Charlotte for the last year who's been kind of coming up through the ranks, is like an up-and-comer, hot coach on the rise who we just happen to have in the building, was not named Colorado coach, although he's a finalist for that job, and could he be a finalist for us? I, I, I've got to say... Um I love saying his name out loud. Pamaduka is just one of the coolest names. And I, and I mean that sincerely. Coach Ka? I, I mean that sincerely, just the ability to roll off the tongue like yeah. John Hayes or Daniel Bramlett. Those names, you know, that's so boring. A, a name matters, though. You know, a na- a na- Your name matters. Pamaduka is a great name. It's a beautiful name. So I, I, he's not on my list. And the reason why is because um, he's been here and uh, he's made no impact on me whatsoever. And if you've been here for a year and you've made no impact on me already, uh, problem is at this point, like, you had your chance. Um, and, and maybe that's a Christian Latanzio thing. Maybe that is, um, you know, the manager doing all the media, not allowing his assistants to be out there. But let's be real. Charlotte FC's assistant coaches um, didn't offer much, ever. Right. And you'd think we had Fuchs in those ranks who's, like, a bit of a star, you'd think he would have been a little more forward-facing. Maybe it was just a Latanzio thing where he didn't want his, his assistants to be in the media whatsoever. I'm not not 100% sure. But we don't know a ton of about Palma Duca, but I think he deserves an interview is all I'm saying. Because this is a guy, again, he didn't really make an impression on me necessarily, but as I'm going through a process, I'm thinking to myself, top target, wildcard target, safety target. And I think you talk about safety, you talk about someone you already know, someone who's been working for a year, someone who's and been a head knows coach. The players. Someone who, I believe he was coach of the year in the Canadian Premier League three years ago. Uh, he coached in MLS Next Pro in 21. He uh, spent the last year as an assistant with us. This is a guy who's like dead set on becoming a head coach in MLS. He's going to be a head coach in MLS somewhere. Yeah, so yeah. I don't know if it's going to be with us or not, 
but like it's going to happen. So you, you mentioned the the Canadian League, uh, Pacific FC. He, he managed right. managed Pacific FC there. British um, Columbia went on to manage North Texas Soccer Club after that. In, and, yeah, that was in, the inaugural year of MLS Next Pro in 2022, and then came uh, here to Charlotte as an assistant. I think that interviewing Pamaduka would be a very very nice gesture. Mm-hmm. I do, but I'm not here. To make a gesture, <laughs> it's not about gestures anymore. It's about winning. <laughs> about here, here to yeah. hire a manager, yeah. Um, and that's why uh, number three on my list is Ollie Gunner Solskar. And the reason why Danny here is because this is the this for me, and the reason why he's third on my list is because I've already had an opportunity here mm-hmm. to speak with a lot of a lot of good coaching candidates, right? Mm-hmm. And now I've got a chance to just you know step up to the plate here. Sit on fastball and just try to absolutely crush it over the left field fence. And if you strike out, who gives a shit? You know, you're already up here. You've already got some good options. So let's get this guy in here. And I think you could have an ulterior motive, right? If he turns you down, it's like, well, he's somebody that has has a ton of experience, Mm -hmm. that has been managing at, at the world's highest stage, and he doesn't want to be here, and that's okay. I can understand that. But during this interview process, you can ask some really pointed questions to get an idea from him about how to run a club at the highest level. Because let's be honest with you. Let's be honest with each other. Uh, we got to be honest. And if we're not honest, we've lost everything in this process. Let's be honest with the TIFOs. Is that there's, Always. There's, there's not a lot of people in Charlotte FC's building who's, who have been at the very highest level. And True. Christian Fuchs has been that person. Mm-hmm. Um, hi, I'm a, a Premier League uh, player, <laughs> Christian Fuchs. Yeah, he's been at that level. Here's my deal, Fuchs, and I know you're listening. If you're going to introduce yourself as Premier League player, Christian Fuchs, just say Premier League champion, Christian Fuchs. I mean, go all the way. Take it one step further. There you, you go. Know. Thank you very much. Um, so, yeah, I, I want Ollie in here, and, and, and I think um, I, I think I want to get him an interview because I think I can learn something during that interview. I think that it really matters, and ultimately – if you're going to try to hit a home run and try to make a splash higher and your first couple candidates don't work out, why not just swing for the fences knowing that you got a couple more guys coming in? And if it doesn't work out, it's fine. So why is Ollie, if you think he's a home run swing, why is he not your first choice? That's the first question I'm going to ask. Because a leadoff hitter doesn't swing for the fences. <laughs> leadoff like hitter it. tries to get on base. I like it. And... Um, you know, you, you, you go for the home run when you got men on, when you're feeling confident, mm-hmm. and, and, and you want to score. Um, but I think what Sean FC needs to, to think about realistically, to, I think they need to think realistic to start, right? Things that, you know, the odds, the percentages would say, yes, you, you do have a chance to hire this person. Yeah. I think Ollie is somebody that is, might not be very realistic, but you need to kind of find out. And you don't want to go right off the bat going for that home run and feel like, well, shit, we put all of our eggs into this basket. We needed this guy. Uh, I think ultimately throughout the process, going for that home run in the middle of the process with no pressure. And that's also the point here. There's no pressure here. We're just talking to you. Right. Right? And if you're interested in us, great. If you're not interested in us, then don't take the interview. But if you do take the interview, I'm going to ask you some pointed questions. I'm going to try to learn something. And you got to woo him a little bit more than you might have to woo someone who's already over here in MLS for sure. Uh, I love what you said about using an interview of Gunnar Skolshire to gain information about just how to do your job, your own jobs better. 
and I pretty much hate everything else about the idea of bringing in Holly Gunnar Solskjaer to this team. He's not on your list. Uh, he's not on my list. I think Ollie's a huge failure with Man U. I think he was a washout. Um, I think Ollie's at the wheel became a meme for talking about how lame Man United was in his tenure. And I would hate for people to start saying Ollie's at the wheel about can, us. Can I make a counterpoint? Yeah. Uh, what's Manchester United been doing since he's left? They did qualify for the Champions League. Spend a lot. They've been spending a lot of money. <laughs> it's not like you know he leaves the club and things miraculously have gotten better. It's well, still the shit show that it was. It's almost like I would be just as mad if he had been good at Man U because I hate Man U. But so I'll, I'll admit that own like personal bias. But like I just think like he's a has been that that never was. You know, to to quote. Uh, Mighty Ducks, uh, or to paraphrase Mighty Ducks, not quote. Uh, he's a has-been that never was. I just don't I, – I think he's past his prime, and his prime wasn't that good. I do think you could learn something about the European process by talking to him, but I just feel like I don't see him inspiring our players necessarily. Maybe I'm just way off on this. I, I'm willing to admit that I'm the outlier here, and maybe there's like – you know, our players would be like, "Oh shoot, Ollie's going to score." Sorry, this guy. You know, this guy played in the World Cup for Norway. You know, da, da, da. you know, he's a he managed Man United. We should we really respect him. Maybe it's pretty funny that, and we- he is kind of like a goofy guy. He's like a silly guy. So like, I could see him having like some uh, some uh, charisma with the players that way. But I don't think he's going to be a huge fan favorite. Despite whether he has your respect, despite whether he has supporters' respect. He will have the players' respect. I promise you that. All right. I promise you that, especially somebody by the name of Carol Swiderski. They know better than me. Especially Is Carol going to be here? What, who, what happens first? We hire a coach or sell Carol? That's the real question. Well, better hire a coach first because if you wait until January to hire a coach, you're in big-time trouble. If Carol scores for Poland in this uh, uh, international break, he's going to be gone. All good is gone. He's never come back to America. Gio Savarese was my fourth. We've already discussed that. Your yep. fourth here. A bit of so, surprise. So my fourth goes back. So my fourth and fifth. I'll even. I'll even. Uh, spoiler alert: that my fourth and fifth choices are both also fired MLS coaches. And you'd be like, why do you want to hire a guy that was fired? Well, is it better or worse than hiring a guy who has no experience? You know what? You, we can lament the coaching carousel aspect of things, and I did just do that about 20 minutes ago, and now I will uh, hypocritize myself and uh, say that let's spin that carousel around and see who pops off it because uh, if we can't hire Geo, if BJ's vibes don't wow us, if Ka just isn't the right fit at the right time because we, we don't want to hire someone with no experience we start to look out at who are some other good coaches out there. For me, the, the, the next best on the list is Robin Frazier, uh, recently departed from the Colorado Rapids uh, but really not his fault. The Rapids are a mess of a team Mostly because of shitty ownership. Uh, they have the worst owner in global sports, Stan Kroenke. And I know that because he's also the owner of my beloved Arsenal. And has, we've been succeeding in spite of Kroenke for the last few years. Kroenke uh, is probably the least popular man in St. Louis. And he hasn't lived in St. Louis for a few decades as far as I know. But he does own the Blues. He owns the Rams. He famously like moved the Rams from St. Louis to L.A. People there hate him. Kroenke sucks. So like you can't judge Robin Frazier by by the fact that his owner gave him no resources to win in Chicago. He was coach of the year two years ago by leading an undermanned Chicago club, uh, Colorado club to the playoffs, excuse me. So Robin Frazier's a good coach. Uh, he's a young coach. Uh, he's, uh, you know, he's just got great vibes as well. And I, I like his pragmatic style. I think he's the type of guy that is going to adapt his style to, he's not, he doesn't have like some signature style. But his style is, who have I got on my team, and how can these guys win games? And I think we could do for a dose of that. 
after uh, having such a slavish adherence to a to a idea of a style in the last few years and ceased them. <laughs> so uh, okay, I, I mean, I like Robin Fraser. Yeah, that, I think that's fair. I think I think that's a it's a it's a really solid person to have coming to the building as the number four. Yeah, it's a really solid person, and and I think Adrian Heath as a number five is also a really solid person Heath, to come in as a number five. Heath is my number five perpetual overachiever with Minnesota in my book. Always had a un, always had a roster on Minnesota that was like one really good player and a bunch of scrubs. Whether that was Reynoso or Grey Goose over the years, and I just like uh, I like what he can do. I like that he's an old Scotsman, kind of kind of like Dom Kinnear, your your boy. Uh, I think we could do for a little bit of a brogue <laughs> in some press conferences. <laughs> and uh, I don't know about Frazier, but Heath is much like Savarese, I think, would compete, connect with the fans very well. And we would love to hear from him. And, uh, you know, like when times were good, they'd be really good with Adrian Heath. But I'm not sure. He was fired from Minnesota. They fired him with like four games to go in the season, trying to like spark a, a run to the playoffs that didn't didn't happen. They'd kind of like grown apart over the years, but he's a good coach, and they, they had never missed the playoffs under him uh, for the last few years until this season. So he's a guy that he much like Frazier, I think he gets the most out of an undermanned roster, and I think we have more, more talent than Minnesota overall has had over the last couple of years, and definitely Colorado. I, I think both of those those choices are are smart choices, but the one thing that they don't do is excite me. Uh, I would think both of these managers, if, if either of them was was hired to do the job, they'd have to win the press conference. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that that opening press conference, that introduction to the fan base, would have to really be um, dictated and communicated well. Like you, they, there would have to be certain talking points. There would have to be energy because if either of those guys came in and just acted like this was, hey, I'm here. I've been here for a while. I'm here to do the job. And, this is my next gig. I'd be like, get the hell out of here. Get the hell out like, of my this club. This is a big deal. This is a big deal. Well, to take this job. just so you know, I would sell my season tickets if they hire Ollie. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so that leaves uh, probably one, the only one. That leaves one person less left on our lists, and I think that this interview is somewhat in the same vein as Pamadu Khan. Pamadu Ka, and. Uh, this person is independence manager Mike Jeffries and the reason why I think that this interview should happen if if you've gone through four candidates and you still haven't been able to hire a coach Mm -hmm. sometimes you know when you say it has the saying go it's just like you can't see what's right in front of your face yep you're looking so far and wide Mm -hmm. You're gazing up towards the sky. Mm -hmm. You're looking out towards different states. You're looking Mm -hmm. out towards different countries. Worldwide search for candidates. And then you forget that all you have to do is drive from Matthews to Elizabeth (laughs) and find somebody that's had success here in the Carolinas. And and, and this to me, and and this fifth spot is based on one thing only, success. Right? right, and recent success. Right, and this is how I will um, explain how Mike Jeffries ended up on my list here, because if Tavares would have taken Crown Legacy to, to MLS Next Pro final and potentially won a trophy for Charlotte FC, Mike Jeffries would be off my list, and Tavares would be on my list. 
success here in Charlotte matters. And Mike Jeffries has had success here. And I think you've got to get him in and ask him, how did it go when you had some of these players playing for you at the Independence? Mm-hmm. How have you been able to, to, to work for this, this, this Independence club for, for a decade, almost mm-hmm. a decade now? And what's it been like to experience USL Championship, USL 1, obviously time with the, 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 the men's national team as well during his career? We talked about um, a career, and, and we really just, we've, what we've done is we've, we've, we've gone through these candidates and we said, oh, these people have so much experience, and they, they've, they've um, you know, they have a resume. And we talked to Mike Jeffries about his resume. And his resume is Chicago Fire, fucking good. U.S. Men's National Team, Bob Bradley's top scout. I mean, the guy knows what he's doing. Yeah, this isn't just the independence manager. This is somebody that's had a long managerial career. Mm -hmm. He's been coaching in soccer since 1993. Yeah, and he's somebody that has played played indoor with tattoo, famously figured out how to have success in this city with a budget that is not very high. Right. If and, get, and got smaller, got significantly smaller two years ago, and, and got more successful. So, if you worked, and I think this is this is ultimately uh, in any business, what happens with the budget, right? If you're in your job and you don't have much of a budget, you got no money, you're making things work, and you're still having success. I mean, that's pretty impressive. And then you ask yourself, what would happen if that person actually did have a budget? Right. If that person actually did have some resources? Yeah. What could happen then? Mike Jeffries is somebody that I think the the club would be really, really smart to talk to. And I think, you know, know, we said, you know, Pamanuka is somebody that um, could potentially receive a gesture and say, Mm -hmm. hey, you know, you've done a nice job for this club. Let's talk to you about this managerial role. Let's give you an opportunity. Mm -hmm. And I think that the fifth person on my list, that's where I'm more comfortable having somebody like that. Yeah. Because if I'm getting to fifth on my list, then all of a sudden I'm, 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 I'm starting to realize that this search isn't going the way that I had hoped that it would, that I'm being turned down by my top candidates. And I need to figure out somebody that actually wants this job. Mm-hmm. And I, I've made a comment on the show before that was, you know, is Charlotte FC a better job than Charlotte Independence? And... From a technical standpoint, from a player standpoint, from a coaching standpoint, you know the answer is, uh, yeah, probably a little bit, right? I mean, coaching is coaching, and and he yeah. and, and Mike Jeffries has really good players at the Independence. Yeah. But from a monetary also, standpoint, this is an opportunity to go to Mike Jeffries and say, "This is your payday. Yeah. This is when you make it. Yeah. We're going to pay you big time money to be the coach of this franchise and make him say no. I don't think he can say no to that. Yeah. Well. It's tough to say no to a lot of money, obviously. I, I do question. One thing I like about your idea is that Charlotte FC's roster is kind of a lot of people at the twilight of their careers, a lot of people at the sunrise of their careers, and not too many chilling at noon. You know, And like that, that is uh, a similar roster construction that they've got in the, at the USL1 League. It's, there's a lot of young players, a lot of old players, and so I think he fits. He knows how to manage that, that group very well. And, and let me just say one more thing, and I apologize for interrupting you. No, We've good. talked to a lot of independence players. What does everybody say about Coach Jeffries? They love him. Yeah, they all love him, for sure. My question is, though, and again, it is tough to say no to an offer you can't refuse monetary-wise, but just respect and self-image-wise and maybe a little bit of ego, who knows, and knowing how good you've got it, if you're Mike Jeffries and you know you're the fifth interview, do you take that interview? I mean, can you swallow your pride enough to be like, yeah, like, I'm your fifth choice? I mean, I guess I'll talk to you, but like... 
it doesn't feel as great to know that you're only there because a bunch of other people struck out. That's all I'd say. It's Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Brams. Follow us on X at For the Crown Baby. Follow us on Instagram at Charlotte Soccer City. Uh, it's been a pleasure uh, talking about these candidates, uh, speaking with you about our list. Now it's the TIFO's um, turn. And what we need you to do is hit us up in the comments. Make sure that we know who your top five is. We're going we're gonna to mm-hmm. put that call out on social. We're going to get this conversation going five, as well. Baby. And we want to know who you're bringing in um, for your top five interview candidates. Let us know where you agree or where you disagree. Hey, because in no... Uh, Based on our list only having one person in common, right? I think that this search... Well, you did have both BJ, but one that, person that, in common in different spots. Yes, yes. in different spots. Yes, uh, yeah, so I apologize. Yes, yeah, one person in different spots. Um, so, you know, for me, I'm, I'm interested to hear what the TIFO said. I think it's been a really fun exercise to do this on the show. And um, I, I don't think, you know, we're, we're at a point here where um, I don't think we should speculate. And I don't think we should pretend like we know who's coming in here. But I think what we wanted to do with this this episode is just give people an idea of how this process could and should work. Yeah. And I, I said a uh, previous recording, I think, on our uh, Latanzio Fired episode, I think I closed by saying that we might have a coach hired by Thanksgiving. I no longer think that, although it's still possible, but it's certainly by Christmas we should have our coach. Um, I think that if there is not a manager in place by December 10th, then we are behind the eight ball. I, I, I think I think Christmas would be uh, two weeks late. Agreed. And I think December 10th is a really nice opportunity to get a manager in, let them have two, three weeks in the job, go through that important December calendar, working with the... the the sporting director. The last right. thing that I want, if I, you know, and I'll put myself in the shoes of a potential manager that's getting hired. Um, as fun it is, as it is to pretend that, um, if if I get hired by Charlotte FC in late December, and my sporting director has been making a lot of decisions without me, I don't love that. It poisons the relationship from the the, the beginning for sure. I yeah. don't love that. Not not poisons, but just it it creates the opportunity to be off track. It's less on track than. Not than the other way, if that makes sense. It's not a death blow, but it's not the ideal start. I so agree. I think um, yeah. the, with with just uh, maybe one more take on this podcast before we get out of here, I want to ask you one question. Uh, and the question is, what concerns you about how Charlotte FC will make its decision? And I'll start so you kind of get an idea of what I mean. What concerns me is I've had a feeling in the past, specifically with the Christian Latanzio hire, after how the club got burnt by Miguel Angel Ramirez, that this organization likes a yes man. This organization likes somebody to come into this role and be told what to do and accept that. And that is my biggest concern here, because if you go through an interview process, and if you're a candidate in this interview process, and you sit down and you're being told, oh, by the way, Sporting director is the guy that actually makes the decisions, and you got to deal with it. <laughs> None of you, a lot of these guys aren't going to take the job. Right. That's my biggest concern. Yeah, there's going to need to be an aspect of control and working relationship, and 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 you know, a, a coach who comes in doesn't have to to control every single thing, but they have to have an area that they're in control of that's separate, apart from the sporting director and the president and the owner and all that. You have to have sort of your sphere for sure. Yeah, I mean, I love it. I I, I think. Just talking through all these candidates has me like fired up. What's your biggest concern? My biggest concern is that we are going to, you know, I love to put everything in, in terms of relationships. 
My biggest concern is that we're going to worry too much about our ex when looking for for our for our next. You know what I'm saying? And like, what I think we need is to just make sure that we're approaching all this from a fresh slate of of we have the players we have, and we have the squad we have, and this is where we're going forward. But we don't want to have too much of like the mistakes of Latanzio or even the mistakes of MAR in the back of our minds when we're choosing the new person. It needs to be wholeheartedly based on who that person is not a reaction to what has happened in the past. Let the past be the past, move on, go find a wonderful new person that you just can't wait to spend the rest of your life with. So what you're saying is- Or at least the next you, few years. You don't want a man, you don't want to kind of get caught up in the fact that you're, you know, your first manager <laughs> was a bit of an asshole who publicly let people know that the players sucked. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to get caught up in the fact that your second manager Privately told you that your players really <laughs> yeah. suck. Like, he was he was the, your first manager talks shit in per, about you in person. Your second manager talks shit about you behind your back. I don't know which is better. Probably best to just not talk shit at all. <laughs> so, soccer show, John Hayes, Danny Brams. We're here at Madison Perk um, in in low low so uh, down here on on South Boulevard. It's the become, lowest so. It's it's become a, a new. Um, uh, favorite spot here at Madison Perky. We're even running the TIFOs here. Um, get out here. It's a, it's a really cool coffee bar. They've got a stage here. They do live music here. Um, it's, it's been a pleasure catching up with you. It's been a pleasure uh, doing the show. I'm not sure if we're going to be back before Thanksgiving. We will be back before Thanksgiving if there is a if there's a hire. Yep, um, that's true. But if we're but if there is not a hire and we're not back before Thanksgiving, I know we've got some interviews lined up as well, so stick around. But happy Thanksgiving to the TIFOs out there and to you, Danny. Thank you, and thank I'm thankful for the TIFOs. Um, I know this wasn't a formal TIFOs questions episode. We will have one of those coming up. We had a few questions thrown our way, obviously, mostly about the coaching search. Uh, so um, yeah, we we answered Ash's. Yeah, question. the other the other questions all had to do with player signings, and that will be coming up. I think I think once we get the coach in uh, squared away, then we'll do an episode talking about some players that we might want to target for for uh, a successful year three campaign. But for now. Make sure you follow us on uh, Apple. Make sure you follow us on Spotify, and make sure you uh, subscribe on YouTube. We got some uh, we got some really really good content on YouTube, uh, and we're going to continue uh, hitting the content on YouTube as well. And we got some special announcements coming up soon. So so stick around and for the crown, baby. Yeah.